Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the podcast to be named later with Chris Tolbert and Steve... Er, with Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll have the latest content available to you. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And unfortunately, right now, Atlanta is in a cycle of rents wash, repeat. And what I mean by that is, is that five weeks ago, we were talking about how the Braves, two or, you know, two, three months into playing spectacular baseball. Early August, we were talking about the Braves making history potentially as being the Major League Baseball team that went the longest in a single season without losing three games in a row. The Braves, through the first four months of the season, the Braves had not had a stretch in which they lost three games in a row. That was going into early August. Well, a month later, the Braves have still played excellent baseball over the past three and a half months. Historical baseball in terms of the rate that they're winning. But they now are have experienced their third three-game losing streak in the past five weeks after a loss to the Giants, 3-2, to two. On Monday night. And the thing is, is that again, it's not that the Braves are not playing excellent baseball overall. It's just such a reverse of fortunes when we go from an eight-game winning streak, like we had through last Friday after we defeated the Mariners, to the Braves' bullpen struggling last night, the Braves' bat struggling. You know, it's just a small stretch of games in which the Braves' efforts, in which the results are not matching the Braves' efforts, but it's just, it's unusual to see. As Braves fans, with how well the Braves have played as of late, and the hope is, and the likelihood is, is that they'll get back on the right track sooner rather than later. But, you know, Monday night was another game in which the results just simply did not match the effort. Spencer Strider, for the second straight start, had a difficult inning. In the second inning of last night's game, he gave up two runs. Overall, Spencer Strider, five innings, nine strikeouts, so he still produced plenty of strikeout um, production, but it was not one of his better starts. You know, he did throw uh, nearly 70% of his pitches for strikes, but the uh, Giants were able to generate three runs and nine hits off Spencer Strider. So Strider was nowhere near as dominant in this start as he had been in many of his previous starts over the past few months. The other thing that stood out from last night is that the Braves overall, it's not like they were just absolutely struggling at the plate. Now, if you look at the box score, Alex Cobb, six strikeouts over seven innings. Yes, the Braves were not able to score any runs off Cobb, but when you look a little bit deeper in the box score, you see that they had their chances. You know, for instance, in three out of the first four innings, the Braves got a leadoff runner on but could not do anything with it. The six hardest hit balls from last night were off the bats of Braves hitters. Seven of the ten balls in play that were 100 miles per hour or more in in exit velocity came off the bats of Braves hitters. They just could not find the right spots to put the hits to put something together against Cobb. So the Braves were down three to nothing. They eventually 
you know, found an opportunity to get back in the game with a two-run single from Dansby Swanson in the top of the eighth inning, but then Austin Riley nor Matt Olson could do anything with runners in scoring position and, and, and you know, nobody out and then two outs. So overall, it, the Braves were two for seven with runners in scoring position. It was just simply a night where the offense, a, a, a day after they had come back, they had surged back against the Mariners, the offense just could not put it together outside of the top of the eighth inning, and they wound up losing. Three to two. Thankfully, the Mets also dropped another game against the Cubs. But you, while it's good that the Mets are, are not necessarily you know dominating against this weak part of their schedule, you continue to see missed opportunity for the Braves. Yes, it's great they're staying within striking distance. You know if they can maintain you know being behind one or two games or better. You know, going into that series against the Mets later on this month, that's fine. But you have to feel that there are a few missed opportunities within this stretch where the Mets are not playing that well, but the Braves, unfortunately, are also not taking care of their opportunities in winnable games, especially when they've dropped the last two, Sunday because of the bullpen and Monday because of the offense struggling. But overall, the Braves' offense in September has remained toward the top of the major leagues, being top 10 in several offensive categories. But the hope is, is that the Braves are going to be able to have good offensive balance going into the last, you know, home stretch of the season, the last 10th of the season, plus going into the postseason. One big way that the Braves will be able to do that is getting production from their left-handed hitting options. And it's been a different story in September for many of the Braves' best left-handed hitters. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So for much of the season, we talked about, you know, coming into August, that the Braves legitimately had two MVP candidates in Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley after Swanson had been the Braves' best offensive player for much of May into June. Austin Riley had an absolutely historic July. Well, both Swanson and Riley, they may remain somewhat productive at the top of the Braves' order, though they have, you know, taken a bit of a step back from the production that they had earlier on this season. And let's not sell them short. Both players have been among the most productive position players in the National League so far this year. But as of August 1st, the player for the Braves that has taken over as being the most productive offensive player in this lineup now over the past six weeks is rookie Michael Harris. Now, I talked about it a bit yesterday in the Braves news and notes that fans in Seattle were in for a treat over the weekend as they were able to watch the two most productive position player rookies in the majors on the same field. And as spectacular as Julio Rodriguez has been this season for the Mariners, Michael Harris has proven to be just as valuable. And one of the biggest reasons why is because over the past six weeks, Michael Harris has not just been elite as a position player, you know, when you look at him as a rookie, he legitimately has been among the top five best position players in baseball 
since August 1st. Since August 1st, coming into Monday's game, and after his first multi-homer game of his career, Michael Harris was tied for second in FWAR in the majors in terms of overall value produced since August 1st. The only player who had been more productive than Michael Harris is likely AO MVP Aaron Judge. Harris coming into yesterday since August 1st was top four in OPS, top four in WRC+, top four in WOBA. These different offensive metrics, Michael Harris has been a top five producer in each of them since August 1st. So when we talk about offensive balance, when we talk about the Braves being able to feature different spectacular production, different producers who have shown the ability to carry the offense at times, the ability to get it from both sides of the plate is a great luxury for this Braves team to have. And seeing Michael Harris perform at the level that he's performing, it's been absolutely spectacular. There's a reason why... Spencer Strider's dominating performances uh, as of late, just, you know, outside of last night, they haven't made it to where he's the clear favorite in the NL Rookie of the Year race because of how spectacular Michael Harris has been over the past six weeks. So when it comes to the Braves having balance in their offense, seeing what Michael Harris is doing from the left side of the plate, that is a great luxury and a great development for the Braves, one you certainly hope continues into October. Eddie Rosario, it's been a, a year of struggles for Rosario, um, you know, especially with injuries, especially with production. You know, obviously he had, you know, the, the eye injury that kept him out for a few months earlier this year. Re in recent weeks, he's dealt with a bit of a hamstring um, injury. But if there was one player who had a good offensive night on Monday, it was Eddie Rosario, who was able to collect three hits. He's not setting the world on fire over the past week or so, but you're starting to see him round into form. You're starting to see the Eddie Rosario that can really be a productive hitter at the plate that can put together good at-bats in a row. And we all know what he can do in October. If Eddie Rosario can use last night as kind of a catapult to have a good into the season and really be in the best form he's been in all year going into the playoffs, that would be another great luxury for the Braves. But with how special Michael Harris has been since August 1st, with the hope that Eddie Rosario is rounding into form going into the playoffs, one other factor for the Braves that right now you hope will improve soon is that Matt Olson is struggling at the plate. After last night, Scott Coleman in his game recap, Scott Coleman of the Battery Power Podcast made a great point. Matt Olson only has four hits in his last 54 plate appearances. He has a 474 OPS in the month of September. Now, Olsen still is producing, you know, at times. You know, over the past month, since August 15th, he has four home runs, 16 RBIs. He still is producing, you know, at times when given the opportunity. But between mid-July and mid-August, Olsen was hitting home runs um, at, a, at a clip that few others were in the majors. But since then, he's kind of tailed off. And it's not just that the production is not there overall. It's the fact that, you know, if the home runs aren't there, you know, Olsen's not necessarily getting on base at a good clip. He's, he's striking out, you know, quite a bit. We've seen Olsen be streaky before. The hope is, is that this slump will not be long-lasting and Olsen will eventually refine his groove, especially before the playoffs. But this is where the Braves stand. Their offense overall is just fine. It's still top 10 in the majors in the month of September. 
But you still, in my opinion, we still have not seen this, this Braves lineup at its absolute best where each of its players are producing at their top level. Ronald Acuna Jr. has struggled, obviously, with injuries in September. Though, you know, the hope is, is that through him DHing over the past week or so, his knee has continued to get better, and hopefully he's getting back in, you know, closer to normal strength, normal production in time, though he struggled in September. But that's the thing about this Braves offense. Throughout the year, one thing that has stood out is that you've really not seen it fire on all cylinders. If you really look at the if the story of the offense, it's been one player who's played at an MVP-type level complemented by a few others. From late May or from late April through May and early June, it was Dansby Swanson. From mid-June through um, all of July, it was Austin Riley. And then since August, it's been Michael Harris II. The Braves still have another level of two they can reach when it comes to their offensive consistency and all of their players hitting at the same time. And the hope is, is that they'll be able to experience that, especially with the series coming up against the Mets in a few weeks and then also going into the postseason. But the one thing the Braves need to focus on now is simply getting back into the win column. And thankfully, they're going to have... Kyle Wright going to the mound tonight against San Francisco. Now, on paper, Wright with 17 wins is one of the best breakout stories in the majors this season. You have to feel confident against Jacob Junis of the Giants that Kyle Wright will be able to get the job done. But there is a bit of concern, as you know, for the second straight time, or excuse me, for the second time over the past month, the Braves have had to adjust their rotation due to Kyle Wright experiencing some sort of arm fatigue. Now, Wright talked to reporters on Monday in that his arm this time around doesn't feel as fatigued as it did about a month ago when Wright, I believe, went 11 or 12 days between starts. Yesterday, he simply, his start was moved back a day so Strider could get the opening, uh, could get the ball in the opening game against the Giants with Wright going back out tonight. Now, the last time that Wright had arm fatigue, he came back and looked like his normal self for, for a few starts. But then in his last start against Oakland, Kyle Wright absolutely could not find success. Eight runs given up his worst start of the season, especially when you consider you know the level of competition that he was facing, one of the weaker lineups in the majors in the athletics. They're now being two stints. Are there now being two... Um, Occurrences of arm fatigue plus that type of struggling start, there is a bit of concern, I feel, when it comes to Kyle Wright. Perhaps he'll be able to bounce back. Perhaps, you know, the, the ability for him to get a couple of stretches of longer rest than normal will be able to allow for his arm to get back to normal itself. But I do think that it's worth monitoring, you know, not only Kyle Wright's velocity, but also his control. Can he once again put together a start where he can go six to seven innings, something that the bullpen, you know, definitely needs after the work they put in on Sunday and Monday? I'm not trying to raise the red flag or trying to sound the alarm when it comes to Kyle Wright, but you definitely hope that he'll be able to refine the groove that he had for much of the season you know, before the past few weeks 
and that he can be an important part of this, an important and reliable part of this Braves rotation going into the playoffs. The Braves just simply need to get a win. Last night, again, the efforts were there. The Braves put together enough offensive production to win the game. It's just the results did not follow. Tonight, the hope is that the Braves will be able to find their groove. And hey, if Matt Olson wants to contribute himself, that'll be a great development for the Braves. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. Make sure you check out the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, as well as at BatteryPowerSBN across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsACC on Twitter. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Go Braves. Thank you for listening to the Daily Hammer. (laughs) 